We've all imagined them, or maybe even seen them on TV or in a movie. Epic conquests that test your outermost limits and change what you believe is possible. Maybe it's crossing an Ironman finish line or finishing 100 miles through the Rocky Mountains. But with work and family and bills, those often seem out of reach for the average guy. Or maybe they're just reserved for the lucky ones who train for a living or have less on their plates. Well, we're just not willing to accept that. Yes, we have jobs and wives and kids, and we certainly aren't pro athletes. We're just average dudes, rejecting an average life. This is the 3OK Runners Podcast. Welcome back to the 3OK Runners Podcast. This is Jeff, joined by Chief and Brother Jared. We're here for episode number 47 and the breakdown of the Leadville 100 trail run for Brother Jared. Let's kick this thing off. I'm anxious to hear how it was feeling during the race and what you're thinking now, three days post-finish. Thanks, Jared, for taking three days later. This is hard, man. Like It's not an easy subject to talk about. Uh, Leadville has been on our minds, plates, for since we started the podcast. It's and why we started the podcast. It's why we started the really? podcast. And, three, and like we're asking you three days later to kind of recap your race. So we had the Pacer episode the night before. Was that right? The night before? Yeah. And we posted that and went really well. I was extremely optimistic about both of your guys' races. And I thought there wasn't going to be an issue, at least getting to me. Now, where we go from there, I'm not sure. Um, so I would be really excited to hear, because I didn't see you. I saw you at May Queen, and then I saw you at Twin Lakes. So I'd really be curious to hear, like, from the from the gun, like, how did it go? How did you feel going into May Queen? Did you get in a Congo line? Like, let's start there. Yeah. Um, okay, so start to May Queen, um, I, it was... <clears throat> pretty much what I expected. Um, I did get in a few areas where there was some slowdown, um, but not bad. Um, I I don't remember it being quite as bad this year as it was last year. Um, and I think the reason for that is I did get out a little bit faster. Not a ton faster, though. Um, but, I mean, Jeff, I remember that second mile, we ran a 950 mile or something like we that. We ran that first hill. Yeah. We ran the first hill um, on the road there on 6th Street, um, just out of, you know, pride. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we, we got out <clears throat> a little bit um, quicker maybe than we did last year. Um, and I felt uh, fine getting into May Queen. I got slowed down a few times in the line, but nothing that was frustrating. And I also knew from the previous year that, like, don't get frustrated about this. It's going to happen. Um, and ultimately, you know, that five minutes or so that it could make a difference between is um, you can make that up at many, many parts of the course. And so I was in a good headspace um, from start to May Queen, had a decent route, came in May Queen right around a little bit before 635, which is kind of what I was wanting to do. Which was faster than last year. A little faster than yeah, last year. Maybe five thing. minutes faster than last year, yeah. um, which which I wanted to do that. I had my goal time in there was 635. Yeah. Oh, perfect then. Yeah. yeah. So okay. it kind of worked way. Now, I'll tell you, um, and this became more obvious um, in that second leg from May Queen to Outward Bound, but... Um, I didn't my I didn't feel 
you know, the life in my legs that I expected to feel. Um, you know, when you, when you kind of taper and rest and you have so much anxiety and, um, a lot of times right at the beginning of a race, you know, you, you feel almost too good. You're like, Oh my gosh, I feel too good. Right. You have to hold yourself back. I didn't feel like that. I, I, my legs just, um, didn't feel like they had a ton of pop in them or a ton of life. And, and so that was kind of something that I, I recognized and sort of wondered about early on. Um, but pacing wise, I was still where I expected to be. So I didn't, it, it wasn't like it was impacting kind of the, the performance or output. Really? Did you ask your coach by like, why would you not have, I'm super curious, like why you wouldn't have pop in your legs. You had 10, you know, essentially a 10 day taper rest up at altitude, right? Um, I no, I haven't asked him. Um, I'm actually a little bit, I don't know. I don't know if I want to ask him because we did go up for 10 days, um, and stayed in Frisco and we were pretty active during those 10 days. Um, I did a few climbs. We rented bikes for two days with my kids and we biked around. We biked from Frisco to Breckenridge and um, nothing that I perceived as strenuous at all. Um, and so, but nevertheless, I am a little nervous to say like, you know, what do you think might have caused that just in case it was like, you know, you probably should have been taking it a little easier. Um, I did the workouts that I had to do. Um, which none of them were, were crazy, but I mean, still the weekend before, I think I had an eight mile run. Um, felt good then felt good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I don't know. I, and, and the other thing about it is maybe it's just in my head, right? I mean, maybe I did have the pop. Maybe I, maybe that's just sort of one of those tricks your brain plays on you because you know, you're, you know, on the on the beginning of a journey that's going to be really rough and so you know how you battle some of those things i'm in the camp that i think you need to stay relatively active on a taper i think sitting around is is counterproductive to what your end goal is and i'm not i'm not saying go and do like a half or a full but doing your eight mile and your bike with the kids we went whitewater rafting and Staying active, I yeah. think, is important. Kind of keeping the juices flow. I, I the Thursday before the race last year, I went and did a three or four mile run. It just it's more to work the nerves off. It's half of it, yeah. and the other half was just to make sure, like, hey, is all systems firing here? Am I missing anything? Do I need anything? And um, I know I was <clears throat> extremely nervous at May Queen as the uh, crew as just crewing you into May Queen, which. I told 100 people, like, I would much rather run this freaking race than ever crew anybody <laughs> ever again. The crew thing sucks. But <clears throat> my son got up with me at 4 in the morning, and he was a chatty Kathy. He was so excited. And um, where they tell you to park, eh, don't park there. They yell at you. So you go across where they tell you not to park on Highway 4. Yeah, park over there, apparently. So I parked <laughs> over there. And uh, I did meet uh, somebody listening to the uh, podcast. I, Laura, uh, I believe was her name. And... Thank you for listening. It was really cool to meet you. But, you know, coming into May Queen. Early shout out. Yeah. Hey, early shout out. Early I, shout I out. Say, I didn't say the shout out for uh, the end. learning, man. But coming into May Queen and seeing you and Jeff come at the same time. You guys both look good. I was like, hey, what do you need? What do you need? And I'm like, hey, how are you feeling? Like later on, you're like, hey, I feel good. I look, you look good. You both look good. And so I was excited um, seeing you guys out of May Queen. So um, going from there. And then you went over the Colorado Trail, Hagerman or Hagerman. Uh, down power line and I didn't see you in uh, Outward Bound but that's when Courtney had told me yeah he's he's saying he doesn't have pop in his legs and so 
I was thinking, eh, he'll work it out, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, between between May Queen and Hour Bound, that's, you know, you do that first Sugarloaf climb. And that's when I was like, okay, like, where's, come on, you know, where's the, the climb at? And, um, and it just, I don't, it felt a little bit sluggish, but I wasn't that worried about it. I wasn't, like, I didn't feel like it was anything that was negatively impacting and I don't and I don't think it was I, I mean even at the end of the day I don't think um, there was anything really to that I just think it's one of those things where you know you're not having a day where you feel um, like everything's great but you know there's a lot of nerves in that race so maybe it could just yeah. be chalked up to that so I got into um, I went over the Sugarloaf climb good down power line all good um, into Outward Bound right about when I was trying to get there. I, w- I wanted to be a little bit before 9, and I was right at 9 o'clock um, and, and felt pretty good. Um, I had, you know, my nutrition was good. My body was feeling pretty decent. Um, I did tell them, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, I just don't feel like I have a you know ton of life in my legs, but I'll get it worked out. And that's when I told them, you know, let me try that lotion, you know, that PR lotion or whatever. Yeah. I said, let me try that at Pipeline. Um, just to see if I could sort of, you know, get something going. And so I hit my crew at Pipeline, uh, got some of that lotion on. Um, that was the first kind of true crew stop I did where I, I took on some ramen and um, had that lotion rubbed all over my legs. And uh, You had a little lower back too, right? Yeah, I put some, I put some of my, which I expect, okay, so okay. that was not anything out of the expectation. I had expected to have to apply some, um, I use like a CBD hot cream on my back, um, lower back, because I just get tight running. And so I expected that to happen. It it was not anything, I mean, it was more preve- preventative than anything. It was not an issue. Um, but yeah, I, I applied that, applied some PR lotion, ate some ramen, and, um, and then said, okay, I got to get into Twin Lakes better than I did last year. And then leaving out of, because you hit half pipe, and I thought your game plan coming going to half pipe and then going to Twin Lakes, I thought was going to be a, a great, great game plan. Yeah. Uh, or was it pipeline? It was pipeline. Pipeline. Yeah. Pipeline to Twin Lakes, great game plan. And I, I, I was there in Twin Lakes, seeing Jeff come down, and it was like 1245, 1250, 12, I was like, he's, he's coming down this mountain any minute now. I could pick I could pick his gate out out of anybody, you know, white <laughs> hat and stuff. And finally I saw you and you came in about the same time as we did last year, right? I came in, so I came in about the same time as you did last year. Oh, okay. So remember last year we were trying to get to Twin Lakes by one o'clock. Yeah. One, one thir- starting last year, the Twin Lakes cutoff moved up to one thirty from two. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was one thirty again this year. And my goal time to be into Twin Lakes was 12.50. Okay. I actually got into Twin Lakes at 12.58. Yeah, so you were pretty much right on spot. I was I was happy with it. Um, I I felt pretty good. Yeah. I came down that, you know, from the Mount Elbert Mini Aid Station down into Twin Lakes is pretty much all downhill. And my, the downhills were great for me. They were great for me all day. Um, it was like I was looking forward to getting down hills. I got that one and I came into Twin Lakes before one o'clock. And so as far as I was concerned, all good. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, that's right on schedule, man. That's it's we ten minutes talked, earlier than I was last we year. We talked about it a lot, and basically we used Chief as an example um, of a successful way to do it. And I, I think that's right on the numbers that you and I were talking about. And so I'm, I'm anxious to hear about the. I've seen a couple of photos of the Twin Lakes stop. I'm anxious to hear about that, and then heading into Hope, because you know we had great weather going through outward bound and pipeline was cloud covered. Like I didn't feel that heat off of the asphalt like last time. And I like your idea of pipeline. I used your stop at pipeline to see your family and mine. And I, I, I really like that going into twin lakes. So I'm I'm anxious to hear from there. I agree. I, I I will do the pipeline aid station again. Um, So how was the twin lakes? Uh, crew chief, the crew stop. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I, so I have not told chief this yet, but I did tell my wife and I told Rodney, my buddy, who, who were both helping with the crew. My crew was awesome. Um, it, it was, I got what I needed every time. And I was even surprised when I would leave and kind of start investigating my pack that like my bottles were full. I, I had everything I needed or even you know, would think I might need. Um, and I had no concerns about it. It was, my crew was incredible. Court was impressively organized. She had everything in the tub. And I remember she was like, Hey, get his, uh, headlamp at May queen. I said, okay. And I texted. Yeah. Her. You forgot about I that. Text, I texted. I forgot about that. And so I had your muffin unwrapped. We're not going to talk about that. I had the cap I, I, off your bottle. We're not going to talk about that. That's did, cool. Yeah. It's just I didn't get your headlamp. Right? That's the only thing I remember. <laughs> and my gloves. You didn't get my gloves or headlamp. I didn't. And Court told me I was already failing. <laughs> and, and crew chief thing. I said, I don't like you. I don't like it anyway. But uh, she was very, very organized and very inquisitive, too. And I thought when help with the success was she was constantly asking me like hey what were your splits here what were your splits there what do you think well here? the problem you is there? you guys had misinformation <clears throat> so they had misinformation on the splits last year really and so um all right let me backtrack at pipeline i did change socks and and reapply some um squirrels on my feet because i could already tell i was having a hot some spot hot on my spots, pinky. yeah and so, and I, and I told them, I said, at Twin Lakes, be ready. I'm going to have a blister. So get my scissors out. Be ready to doctor a blister um, because I knew that's where it was headed. And it did. When I came into Twin Lakes, I sat down. They were ready to pop a blister, change socks, throw some duct tape on my toe. Yep. I even had a backup plan with your coach. I'd already talked to Boundless and told him, like, hey, he's coming in. Do you guys want to do it? I said, I'm going to give Jared the option. I want you guys to be prepared, though. I don't want to bring him in here and y'all aren't ready. He's like, oh, no, yep, we'll be ready. And then I asked you, and you're like, nope, let's just go to our aid station. Yeah, so be, because I didn't – it wasn't a major issue. You know what okay. I mean? It was kind of one of those things where let's take care of it now. But yeah. it was not it, – it had – it was not having any impact on my performance at that point. Um, and so I didn't – it didn't feel like something I needed to go, you know, see a professional about. Um so anyway, I, I come into Twin Lakes, and that was kind of the, you know, I'm, I'm eating. They're taking care of my feet, um, doing the PR lotion again, because it worked great. I'll, I, 
I'm a believer. I don't Me know too. if it's in my head. I don't snake oil, but it does work. I'm a I, believer too. I started yeah. at Outward Bound. I, I, did, I that's wish what I, I put had it on. I put it on a pit pipeline the first time. I yeah. wish I had it in my drop bag at Winfield. Okay, that was well, a mistake. I should have had that. for whatever reason. I it I feel like it works. Uh, right, and so I did the PR lotion, and um, did that again at Twin Lakes. And then they're trying to tell me, you know, you're 10 minutes behind last year. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I got in here 10 minutes before I even got in here last year. Um, and they're like, no, you you left, you know, five till one. I was like, no, I didn't. I didn't get into this aid station until, you know, eight or nine minutes after one o'clock. Chief and I were trying to make one. And you'll remember this from a previous podcast if you've been listening we were together until he decided we're getting too far past one. And so he just ran off and left me, you know, into Twin Lakes. But we had, we were, you, I bet you made it in right around one o'clock. I think, yeah, I think I made it in five minutes before one. If I had to guess, right at where you came in this year. Yeah, if right I had to I guess, it was even yeah. closer than that. Yeah. Um, because I was after by seven or eight minutes, if I remember right. I haven't checked it, but uh, but that was a, a source of controversy at the. Uh, Lucy, I was so you're a you're a professional contradictor, right? And, <laughs> and, I, and Courtney was telling me, I was like, okay, you know, I don't really remember, but she was saying, I was like, okay, I'll go with you, whatever you're saying. And Jared's like, no, no. I was like, okay, regardless, we're here now. Let's not let's not dwell on yeah. where we're at. I don't think it's a great idea to say, hey, you're 10 minutes behind when in my head I'm 10 minutes ahead and I'm right where I wanted to be. And so that's why I was like, no, that's not right. And and so there's a a video where I'm like, check the record. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about check what time we came in. That's funny. Um, Erroneous and all charges, right? So anyway, I had a great great stop. Uh, I I felt good. I didn't feel depleted like I did when I got into Twin Lakes last year. Um, I felt like, oh my gosh, like how's the day not over yet? Um, I didn't have that type of feeling at all physically. Um, I, you know, I was a little bit disappointed, I would say, in just kind of um, not feeling more life in my legs, like not feeling like. I felt like I was having to work, you know, a little harder than I expected to have to work. Um, but it was nothing major. I had no major concerns. When, when you left, you were you nailed it on the head about the weather. The weather all day was incredible, right? It was so hot, so much hotter last year, that whole section between Outward Bound and Twin Lakes. But when you guys left Twin Lakes, it was just like... Lord of the Rings, like storm clouds over the mountains, you know? And I was like, oh my God. Like, I feel so bad for these dudes because it was ominous. I mean, it was like dark and it looked terrible. But for a brief second, next thing I know, it was like sunshine on the pass. And I was like, please, God, let them hit the sunshine going over that pass. So when you you ran through the river, yep, coming out out of uh, Twin Lakes... No big deal probably there, right? And you start your climb. I mean, how what, what's going through your head? How are you feeling? I know you don't have pop, but you got your poles. I feel good. Um, I'm on track timing-wise in my head. Um, I, no concerns. Uh, I had a, a pretty decent climb. I'm a, What I know, I knew this before this year, but what I know now with absolute certainty is I am too slow of a hiker 
there are people that hike past me easily. Um, even if I am feeling like I'm working, you know, to keep up a good pace. Um, and so one of the things that I absolutely know now with, with no doubt is I have got to get faster at hiking. And in a course like Leadville, that is invaluable. Super. If, if, if you are a strong, and, and when I say strong, I mean fast and strong hiker, it is a tremendous advantage. Um, all day I would sort of swap back and forth with people. During running sections, I would pass them. We'd hit a hiking section, and I'd be hiking at what I feel like is like, okay, I'm hiking with purpose. You know, that's what they say to do. I, and they would just motor past me, you know, not even not even seemingly working that hard. And so I'm a slow hiker, okay? That's established at this point. But going up Hope, um, I felt pretty good. I, I did not have the issues I had last year in terms of having to stop, try to catch my breath, nothing like that. The Hope climb is hard. Um, but it did not feel as hard as me as last year to me this year. Um, it seemed quicker than last year. Um, like it was over before you thought it would be over. Um, so all good going on the front side of hope. And I know when I was running behind you, leaving outward bound, I kind of told you like, this is what you worked a whole year for is to do this one section again. Yeah. He got you. Here you go again, you know, and like when you hit, when you hit that hope, you know, that metal hope sign right before you start the climb, like, did you kind of get like your stomach kind of turned? Like, here we go. It's game time. Like, this is where you make or break the race. Yeah. There's a, you know, there's a sign there that says hope pass four miles. Um, and, and having been on the course before, you know, that means four miles of straight up. (laughs) People (laughs) in Colorado don't believe in zigzags or, or um, and so, yeah, I mean, I was, I was ready for that, um, and I felt good, and I felt confident, and I moved consistently, um, and and not I wasn't overexerted by it. Yeah, um, I had I ate a Snicker bar between Twin Lakes Aid Station and the base of Hope because I was thinking once I start going up this thing, I may not be able to get anything down, and so I didn't want it, but felt like it might be my last opportunity, um, and so I ate a Snicker bar, and I felt. All the way up to Hopeless Aid Station, um, I was in a you know, I was in a positive mindset. It was so hard from a crew chief side of it because we were following you on the Garmin um, live tracker as much as we could because the cell phone coverage is spotty. Um, I did see. Did you use the restroom somewhere between like uh, Pipeline and Twin Lakes? Did you pull off on the side of the road? Yeah. Yeah, I saw you on the live tracker. Oh, did you? I did. Yeah. It was like hard right, right into the woods. Yep. And I was like, oh, I hope he's okay. <laughs> yeah. So Courtney was with me at that time. That was So that was right after I had aid stationed. And I was like, I got to pee. And I, and I said to her, like, this is a good sign. I almost, so anybody that knows me or knows my race history, I almost never have to pee during a race. Like during a marathon, there is less than a 5% chance that I will have to stop and pee. During an Ironman, there is a 50-50 shot that I will not have to stop and pee. Um, And so if I ever have to stop and pee, it's like, hey, I must be on my hydration because this would never normally happen. And so I remember commenting to Courtney of like, this is a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really difficult because we, we got you coming in 
once you left Twin Lakes, we were able to pick you up. But it's, you know, um, Leadville's aid station stuff, live tracker at Hopeless in Winfield, it's terrible. Not like, good. <laughs> just atrocious. And so we're following you, and then they're texting and saying, hey, is he, did he make Hopeless? Did he make Hopeless? I said, well, he's still heading over out of Hopeless, what I would consider Hopeless, and over Hope. I said, if he didn't make Cutoff, He's not going to go over Hope into Winfield again. Like he's going to turn around. So he made it. He yeah, made I, that. I made the cutoff at Hopeless um, by a half an hour. See, they had you at. They had you. What was Hopeless's cutoff? What's Hopeless cutoff? Um, Let's see. One is three thirty. Four. It was four. 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 They had you at four oh two on the tracker. No. So what you're looking at is the Hope time mat. So you go through the Hopeless aid station. Oh, there is a hope time, and then there's a timing mat at the top of Hope Pass. It's not even a mat. The Hopeless Aid Station is still a half a mile from the summit, at least. Yeah, and it's a tough half mile. (laughs) There's a lot of like switchbacks. Yeah, Yeah, it's a tough half mile. Because I told Um, Corey, I was like, "Hey, that Hopeless Station is way back there. Like, if he's going over the pass, he's good." I made Hopeless easy. Um, Eight mashed potatoes in the uh, aid station. And um, and started into Winfield knowing okay I got I got time to get there. Oh man, you had good time then. Yeah. So you had basically two hours to go. It's forty four miles at the top of Hope. It's not and a half. Yeah, it's not station. quite that. It's and I and my watch had it at about forty three. Yeah. Okay, um, so you had seven miles in two hours. Pretty good odds, right? Yeah, really good. So I I. You know, finish the Hope climb, start going down the backside. Um, one little difference this year versus last year is because there had been so much rain at various places on the course, going down the backside of Hope was a little slower for me this year than it was last year because there were some areas that were kind of muddy and slicker. And so you had to you had to slow down a little bit and take some of those drop offs with a little more care, right? You were, you were worried about what I'm stepping onto um, cause you weren't stepping onto dry rocks. Yeah. Um, which by the way, I got incredible weather from hopeless to the top. It was sunny and I wasn't even cold, nothing. I got rained on a little bit, um, probably a mile prior to the hopeless aid station. And so, Jeff, I would guess you were around hopeless at the time or something like that. And so I got rained on a little bit, but not even enough to put my raincoat on. And when I got up into that kind of, you know, past tree line where you're in those alpine meadows, the sun was out and it was warm. And it wasn't, you know, the wind wasn't whipping. I couldn't have asked for better weather on the front side of Hope. Um, It was great. So you're coming down... And it was slower coming. So it's come down. down so I think I was a little bit slower last year. What I remember is you know kind of the stream of people coming up the backside, always having to move over. I took your advice this year, Chief. I unless there was a every <clears throat> now and then you hit a point where you have sort of slowed down to navigate something, and so it makes sense because you're not making the progress to sort of move over. But other than that, I sort of had the expectation that people coming up would move over and they did. And, and, you know, if you talk to people and say, Hey, you know, great job. And every, I feel like there's nothing odd about it. I not feel rude. People going to make Winfield cut off. Eric and I had this conversation. You have a right away. 
Yeah. People that have made the cutoff are heading back up. You need to get out of the way because that's a difference. The start and stop can be like almost devastating if you're trying to make cutoff and you're stopping to move out of the way for people that make cutoff. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And so the, the common courtesy would be to get out of the damn way and let people that are because that I was told in court when you hit the bottom of hope, you still got this steady, annoying incline all the way to Winfield. And it's extremely annoying because it's like it's not really runnable. It's kind of runnable, but then as soon as you start running, you got to walk again. For the third time, three out of three <laughs> from the bottom of the backside of Hope into Winfield is way harder than you think it is. For the third year in a row. You would think I would know now this is a hard section. I still did not expect it to be as hard as it was. So anyway, I got down the backside of Hope a little slower than probably I did last year. I haven't compared like times or anything, but um, felt maybe like I didn't make quite as good progress, but I still got down the backside of Hope and had plenty of time to make it into Winfield. But I knew it was going to be tight. And the people around me knew it was going to be tight. And so we were like, it's going to be tight. We got to go. And so as soon as we got down, we started, you know, putting in some pretty good efforts. Um, And you're right. There's some not insignificant climbs on that Colorado trail into Winfield. Um, And you feel like you got to hurry through them. And so I was pushing a little bit, I would say in probably that first mile from the backside of Hope. And, um, and I started, I started having some cramping in the backs of my like hamstrings. Um, and I was like, okay, you know, like, okay, this is, this is fine. Nobody freak out. Nobody Working freak hard. Out. Working um, hard. And, uh, you know, and I had salt pills on me and I, I took my salt pills and, um, and, and kept moving forward. And I will say like, there was a, um, there was a committed thought process, process in my head that like, I'm making Winfield. I'm making Winfield. And there were a lot of people that were around me that were either kind of with me or that we would pass along the way that did not have that I'm committed to making Winfield vibe. Um, and so me and, and another guy, um, we we went past quite a few people. And, and I would tell them, too, like, guys, we're like, you got to you got to do it. You got to go. There's not. There's not time to be walking. And and if I was running a section, it was a runnable section, you know, because I wouldn't, I, st- I was not running up steep inclines by any stretch. I, I couldn't have been doing that. Um, and so I fought some cramps just in my like hamstrings where my legs connect to my butt into Winfield. Um, and that last mile is pretty downhill. And I, and I ran it as, as, Hard as I could run it at the time, which, you know, it's probably not a great pace, but... You were moving when I saw you. But I was running because I was not going to miss the Winfield cutoff. Um, and that's what was in my head. It was like, I I missed Winfield last year. I can't come back and do the same thing, particularly because everything had gone better. And so it was... It didn't even make sense in my head that it's like, what? I'm, I'm almost getting cut off again? This is impossible, right? I had a better hope climb. I had a better run from pipeline to Twin Lakes. Like, this can't be right. It's surprisingly a long ways from the time you hit that road and the gas says it's three quarters of a mile to the aid station. And you're like, 
Okay, great. Yeah. You take off running, and what you think is three quarters of a mile later, you're like, there's no aid station here. Yeah. And, and so you- it's a surprisingly long way actually into Winfield, not only from the time you turn at Willis Gulch, but from also the time you get onto the dirt road going into Winfield. That stretch drags on, and you just feel, even if it's not the case, you feel like time is crunching you. Yeah, and I just was going to say the same thing. As soon as you pass that sign of like 18 people in the cemetery and the died of TNT and all this stuff, and like you like you feel like you've made Winfield. Like, I'm in here. I made it. And then you like turn, and it's like way down the road. Is you're like, what the f is this? This yeah. is BS, you know. And so, um, yeah, it is a lot longer than you think it should or would be. Um, so you made. I ran, ran hard, made it into the Winfield cutoff. Um, I was three minutes under the cutoff. Um, and so when when you're that close, unfortunately, I don't know why they do this because it's not like the landscape dictates this, but the timing mat and the actual tent aid station are not very close together. A mm-hmm. um, couple hundred yards, I would say. Um, and so at Leadville... In order to make the cutoff, you got to be out of the aid station by the cutoff time. So I came in with three minutes to spare. That is not enough time to make it to the aid station tent and to do any kind of aid station and turn around and get back out over the timing mat, um, which they had prepared for, thankfully. And so I got into the Winfield aid station, made it over the timing mat, immediately turned around and came back out of the aid station. Because they told you to. That, that, that's what they said. They yeah. said, you know, you got to you got to go in and out and we've got a mini aid station set up for you. Um, and so I went in and out. I didn't get my drop bag. I had my, you know, cross timbers, Bob Dylan in my drop bag. Um, somebody enjoyed it too. Somebody, somebody enjoyed it too. So, so, so I, I had that in my drop bag. Um, didn't get to hit my drop bag. Didn't get to hit the tents. Um, but they did have a mini aid station that I was able to refill my bottles. I was able to get a Coke and a cookie. Um, and then, you know, what they said was, you've got time, but you got to run the rollers and you got to power hike up hope and run down, run down the backside. Um, and you met, you met a girl that had told you that, right? Yeah. That's, and that wasn't an aid station person. That was a spectator. And she said, I've been in, I, you've got time. I've been in this time before you got to run the rollers. You got to power hike up hope and you got to run downhill when you get to the front side, which I was like, okay, I've got a shot. Let's do it. Um, and so I came out of the aid station. You know, it was, I knew at that point, like, this is going to be tight. Um, we may have kind of gotten into the, like, we're in the at least questionable, if not doubtful phase. But there is absolutely a shot to do it. You, you have enough time to do it um, if you can make good time. And. I, everybody at Leadville, that's what I love about the ultra community is everybody is extremely helpful. Everybody wants to see everybody finish. Nobody wants to see anybody ever DNF Leadville. And so like beating the spectator and then them having the aid outside of the chip map for you, I think is incredible. They're, they're there to be helpful. But at the end of the day, I'm going to be a little critical of Leadville because <laughs> you not getting your drop bag, I think is borderline kind of dangerous for the fact that you're on your own. They don't let you have your crew there. They don't let you have your pacer. And then for them to tell you, 
oh, no, you can't have your drop bag. You need to turn around and head back. Like, what's the harm in you getting your drop bag, then giving it to you? There's only like two or three of you left anyway, right? Like, they know your number. Go, somebody run and get your drop bag, give it to you, and then you hump it over the pass or you, whatever it is. But like, I'm not, maybe you weren't necessarily in danger, but for example, if somebody needed medication or somebody needed something that they're like, I'm going to leave my headlamp in my drop bag at Winfield because I'll know I'll need it on the way back. And then them not to give it yeah, to you. Yeah. Okay. So I understand what you're saying. Um, As a friend, I'm frustrated. All here, right? here's, here's, <laughs> here's what I would say. I did not like, I didn't press the issue, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when I'm coming in, they're saying three minutes, go over, come back out. And we go. If, if I would have said, wait, I have to get my drop bag because my headlamp is in it or, or medicine. I, I, my assumption is the answer would have been like, okay, we'll get it. And somebody would have gotten okay. it. I didn't press that issue okay. chief. Um, and, and it didn't, you know, it didn't occur to me at the time. I knew I was in trouble from a timing standpoint. I knew that I had been cramping in my legs coming into the aid station. And so in my mind at the time, it was like, dude, this is, this is kind of, it's going to be close. <laughs> I, you know, I, I knew at that point I was kind of playing with fire. Yeah. Um, and I, it, it just, it, it was what it was, right? I was, I was late getting into the aid station I didn't even have a like disappointment moment where it was like, oh, but my drop bag, you know, or like, oh, but I really wanted some hot food at the aid station. I never had it. It was just kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm in, I'm out, refill my bottles. I started back up the hill. I actually had to, <laughs> so there was a spectator who had her lawn chair there um, and my, I was cramping in my hamstrings and trying to walk up that hill out of Winfield. Um, and I asked a spectator, I was like, can I borrow your chair for like a second? I just got to stretch my legs out. Um, and she was like, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, you sit down. And of course, you know, at that point in the day, I'm disgusting, right? I yeah. mean, I'm covered in salt, sweat, everything. Um, and and she was like, yeah, sit down, sit down, sit down. And so I, I borrowed some random spectator's chair um, to sit there and try to stretch my hamstrings out a little bit. And, uh, and she was so helpful. She was like, did you get to refill your bottles? Did you get to, and she actually pulled my, uh, headlamp out of my pack. Cause I was like, oh, I need my headlamp. And I had my jacket on over my pack. And so I was like, can I move my jacket down and you get my headlamp out? And she was like, yeah, yeah. And so it was, I mean, it was incredible. She was great. And so I didn't have a super cool, I didn't have a negative feeling about it that it was like, oh, I don't get my you know, drop bag. I don't get the aid station. It just sort of, this is the situation I'm in. I've got time to do this. I've got time to make it back. I got to go. How much better would that climb have been though with the Bob Dylan? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, you're right. Sipping on a little bit of Bob Dylan. You're right. You're right. If I could have, if I could have got to that Bob Dylan, you know, that would have made all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Everett was like, yeah, he's the, He's the guy that does the paintings on the PBS, right? I was like, no, son, that's Bob Ross. <laughs> it's two different people. Uh, Close. Close. I, I, but I was, you know, being from the other side of the token, not knowing where you're at, not knowing anything, yeah. I am jacked, right? Because I'm like, he, everybody was texting. Even Courtney cussed. She was like, F yeah, Jared made the Winfield cutoff. Jeff made Winfield cutoff. And I thought, 
that's all we had to do. That's that was it. That was it. And I'm and here I am. I'm starting to warm up. I'm popping tums. I'm super nervous. I can't eat anything. Best making me eat. I'd been at I'd been at Twin Lakes since nine thirty in the morning. I'd been there all day. Just I wouldn't leave. Like everybody kind of left. Would left their stuff. And I just sat there all day. I just could not, like, I was so nervous to run. I want to make sure that I was, like, performance-wise ready to go. And um, I thought once you made Winfield, I just, I didn't think there was anything that was going to stop you at that point, you know? And, yeah. Um, yeah. So I didn't have that level of confidence. <laughs> I, I, I still thought I was in jeopardy. Um, Did you think you were in jeopardy more because of the time or time. More because of your body? Time. Time. I, w- I was not overly concerned um, body wise. Um, I, you know, I look, I cramp. Every, everybody who's ever done anything with me since I was 15 years old knows I am susceptible to cramping. Um, but also, you know, the number of times where it's debilitating is pretty limited. Right. I mean, it's certainly not every time I get a cramp, you know, it spells the end for me. I can think of like two other times, but this race, right? Yeah. And and even uh, like I would say there, there have even in this race, and I'll get to kind of what was happening. I've been in way worse situations from a like dehydration and cramping standpoint than I was in. Um, The, the difference being, I didn't have the luxury of any time in this situation. Um, and so that was the real problem. But, but anyway, so surprisingly, there were several people who made the Winfield cutoff with me real tight, who I think started doing the math on how long it took them to get from Twin Lakes to Winfield and used that time period to convince themselves that it was impossible to get from Winfield to Twin Lakes. Although it's very different the other way, I agree. Yeah, um, I think that's I think that's very wrong mindset because you can run four plus miles down the face of Twin Lakes yeah. uh, of Hope Pass. Right, you can definitely do it quicker. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyway, there were a lot of people that had accepted that they were not going to make Twin Lakes on time. They were still going. They weren't going to ride the bus back from Winfield, which I can honestly like. I can respect the heck out of that. Of like, I made 50, I'm not making 62, but I'm still going to go to 62. Like, that's pretty admirable. 100%. Um, but anyway, I thought, you know what? I may not make it, but I'm going to give it a shot. Um, and I know that it's pretty runnable from Winfield to the base of Hope. And so I'm going to run. And I've been money on downhills all day. And I had been. Like, I'd felt good, passed a lot of people. And so I was like, this can work for me. Um, I don't know what's going to happen when I get to Hope, but we'll see. Um, you know, crazier things have happened. And so I started trying to run the running sections of the Colorado Trail uh, before you get back to the backside of Hope. And unfortunately, the whatever I did at the mini-aid station had seemingly no effect on the cramping that was happening. And so um, my legs kept cramping, and then as kind of tends to happen with me, it progresses into then cramping in other areas, even that are not being used. Um, And so like I cramp in the bends of my arms, 
where then I'm like, you know, my arms are stuck in a bent position and I'm sort of robotic. Um, <laughs> Do you sound that way too? Yes. Um, and so I'm just like, how am I going to get rid of these cramps? You know? And so like, I think and talk robotically as soon as it happens. Um, and so I had in, in particular my left arm, my, my, in the bend of my arm, I was cramped up where like I couldn't get my arms straightened out and I'm holding a pole. And so, <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm trying to like shuffle along with like this arm that's like trying to punch me in the chin. You know, and so I'm like, this is so stupid. And I'm like, oh, and so it's, you know, it's, it is, it's comical. Um, particularly now I didn't, it wasn't that funny when it was happening. Um, but anyway, I, I sort of, um, you know, so I went from having cramps in my hamstrings to then my calves are cramping, my arms are cramping. Um, and then ultimately what, what did me in was my back started cramping, um, which I get cramps sort of like in my back underneath my ribs is where they feel like they are. Um, and they are such that if I move anything, it will cramp. And so it kind of like puts me into this like really static state where I'm like, what can I move that's not going to cramp? Um, and so that, that started happening. Um, I ended up, I, I got on a rock on the side of the road, on the side of the trail and tried to kind of lay over the rock and get my back stretched out. Um, and so I, I was doing that on the side of the road, sort of using the rock as like a roller, um, and, and two guys that I had, I had previously passed came up and they were like, you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I'm all right. I'm cramping. I'm going to work it out. They're like, are you going to turn back? I was like, not turning back. And they're like, okay, awesome. Neither are we. So, you know, let's do it. And I was like, all right, I'll be right behind you. Um, and so they, they went on and, uh, I was like, okay, well, I can't really get up and follow them. And so <laughs> I'm going to keep trying to get this thing worked out. Um, so anyway, I, I sat slash laid on a rock on the side of the trail trying to get my back to stop cramping um, for I don't, I don't know how long until eventually uh, another racer came up from behind me and uh, he was like, dude, are you okay? And I was like, not really. Yeah. Um, at that point, my, my underneath of my neck had started to cramp and so I would have to like do my chin up at all times. And if I would try to kind of look down eye level, I would cramp. And so I just sort of have to lay there with my chin up in the air. Um, and so, you know, I mean, it's, you've seen it, Jeff. I mean, you've seen it, Jeff. Yeah. It's sort of, I mean, it's pitiful. Um, it's stupid. Um, that, so that wasn't exactly the story you had shared with me though. Well, I'm not done. Okay. So anyway, the, the, this next racer comes up and he, you know, he says like, are you good? And I'm like, I'm not, good honestly like you know i can't really move and i'm not sure what i'm doing and um and genuinely like by the grace of god he had two members of his crew a half a mile up the trail on the backside of hope that had come up is it willis gulch is that what that is or i know sheep gulch sheep gulch sheep gulch okay willis gulch is on the front side okay so he, he had two members of his crew one of which was a lead man um at Sheep Gulch, which was like a half mile from where I was at. And he was like, I'm going to tell them you're coming and like, they can get you what you need. Um, and I was like, that would be great. 
And so anyway, he went on. Um, I eventually was able to get up and start kind of moving toward Sheep Gulch. I didn't know how far I was, honestly. You know, it's like I knew I was a few miles out of Winfield, but I didn't know if I was a half a mile or a mile and a half from kind of the base of Hope. And so I thought sitting here is going to get bad. I had gotten pretty chilled. Um, you know, I was wet and it was getting dark and cold and I had gotten pretty chilled and I had, you know, I had thoughts running through my head of like, you know, I don't know how to get out of here. And, um, so anyway, I, I, I got up and kind of started moving toward them. They came back, these two guys who were from Houston. Um, one guy used to live in Norman. Yeah. Wow. Um, they came back and they were like, you know, my truck is a half a mile away down this trail one of them went ahead and got, went down, started the truck, started the heater in the truck. Um, and the other guy stayed with me, helped me down the trail. They got me in the truck and into the seat heater and kind of got me warmed up. And, uh, wow. yeah. So it's that, that's the ultra community. Though. Man, that's, that's what I love amazing. about it. Yeah. Right? It was, um, I was, um, I was so grateful that one, that, that racer who I assume must be from Houston too. Uh, cause it was his, their buddy, um, that he, you know, was like, what can I do and let me try to help in any way I can. And then two, that he had crew on the backside of Hope Pass because that there's nobody else over there. Um, and I had, I was, you know, debating at that point, like, do I try to make it to hopeless? Um, and I was afraid I was going to be stranded on Hope on the side, you know, and cold and chilled. And I was like, God, this is going to get bad fast. Like, this is going to get really bad. Yeah. Um, when you shared that story with me, man, like my stomach turned when you were telling me, cause you were in the car cramping and you're like, dude, I was super scared because I didn't know if there's anybody behind me and they never tell you that they're sweepers <laughs> because I went immediately to, are there, there are, there are sweepers. There are sweepers. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Nobody knows. And I went to the people at the Leadville thing. I'm like, what, what's going on? Like, are there sweepers? Are there people that are coming? Yeah, there's sweepers. There's sweepers. Okay. But we don't know that. And that's, that's the other thing, being a little critical. Like, <laughs> in your situation is wicked scary because you're getting dark. It, it is absolutely getting at that point. And like going over hope in the dark, I was already going to be a monster. And you having issues and not knowing that there's people coming behind you, like that's a really bad place to be, man. And I, like, I, as a friend, I was super concerned and I was like, not very happy to hear that either. I was like, man, I'm because, because we were at Twin Lakes, obviously, and I had moved us to a new position because I told Court, I said, Jared and Jeff are going to come in tight. If they come in tight, this is our game plan. And we're going to move the crew. We're going to move up. Remember when I got crewed at? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to move up to there. We're going to get his stuff laid out with a chair. We're going to be ready to go. If they won't let us through, we're going to go through the chip pad. We're going to be on the other side of the chip pad. We had all these game plans. And then, then her phone rang. She's like, oh, shit. And it was you. And I was like, fuck. I was like, I knew it. I was like, this is, please tell me. You're just like, hey, man, everything's going great. We're coming over. Oh, <laughs> I had a cell reception. I give you the heads Thought up. I give you a heads up. Coming in hot. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh. To hear, to see her face and stuff, like what I was kind of concerned about. So there's no service. Uh, there is at the top of Hope. A yeah. bunch of people made phone calls and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and so 
There is the top of hope. Um, between the bottom and Winfield, nothing. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I was afraid, this shows my ignorance of how these trackers work, what I was afraid is that you guys could see that I was stopped. Um, and, and I was stopped for, I'm going to guess um, something between 30 and 45 minutes in one place. Um, and so I was afraid that you guys could see that I was stopped somewhere on the backside of the mountain um, and that I, in, but I couldn't call you. I didn't have any service or anything. And so it was as soon as I, as soon as service popped up on my phone, I called Court just to say, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. I'm alive. (laughs) Um, you know, and, and that's, um, it was a, I don't know. It was, it was scary. I, I had, I had not appreciated that like you do get pretty remote without a lot of support sometimes particularly if you're really close to the cutoff. And what happened was that guy that that helped me, whose crew helped me, I'm not kidding you, was the last person on that trail between Winfield and the Basin Hope. Because the two other guys, remember I came in three minutes before, so I think there was one person that came in after me, but pretty much everybody who made the cutoff was before me. Um, and I passed a couple on that trail, but not very many. They passed me back before I, before I perceived that this was a problem and that I might need help. Um, this was the last guy on that trail. Um, and you know, like, I don't know. It was, it it's just really, it was very humbling that like, God, I almost got in trouble. Yeah, it's also, um, honestly, it's also kind of uh, inspiring to know that there's people out there like that who are going through their own battles and are still able to recognize the importance of a potential situation and are willing to do what they can to help, even if it doesn't seem like much. Um and I, I would like to think that I would do the same. Yeah. But the trail community, Chief, like you talk about all the time, the trail community is different, dude. They're, they're different. They are like genuine, real people. Yeah. Because what you're doing is much more extreme than an Ironman for the fact of like, an Ironman, you've got an aid station of two miles. It's like, hey, that dude's cramping. See you later, right? Yeah. Throw a banana at him, whatever. Well, and you're rolling. But here, <laughs> you're, you're all by yourself together. You yeah. know, Chief, that's what I was thinking, honestly, is the number of people that I have passed um, who are struggling in some way, which, you know, look, a lot of times just by looking at somebody, you can't you can't gauge, like, are they, are they struggling or is this kind of a rough patch? And... The number of people that I have passed um, and just said, hey, doing okay, and if they say anything that resembles, yeah, I'm good, I just keep going and never think twice about it, um, has got to be a lot. And and this guy, um, I guess, you know, probably could recognize that, you know, I'm, I'm probably not fine. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I was like, I, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm, you know, I just, I'm having some cramping issues, and so I need to relieve them. Um, but he obviously, um, 
I'm just I am so thankful for that guy. No kidding. Um, because I I didn't have a backup plan. Um, I had I knew I was not going to make it up Hope without it taking a long long time. Right now, when I cramp, usually I can get it under control, but it takes an hour right to kind of to stop cramping every time I move a muscle. Um, and so, you know, the, the timing cutoff at Twin Lakes was like, that was gone. I, I knew, you know, I had accepted that like, okay, this is probably the end. Um, but as it got worse instead of better, then I started thinking like, how, how am I going to get, like if I turn around now and go back to Winfield, I don't even know if people are still there. I assume they probably are. Yeah. But that's kind of what was going through my head is like, have they already left Winfield? Because I was the last one in and out. There's still no cell phone coverage in Winfield. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I was like, I either have to make it to Hopeless or I've got to somehow get down this mountain onto that road that goes into Winfield and find help. Um, and those were, you know, neither one of those options are any good at all. And um, and we can't help because we're expecting you, you to come You don't even know in. about it. Yeah. <laughs> we're expecting you to come to Twin Lakes. That's yeah. the crappy part is we literally were expecting you guys to come in. And so I'm not leaving to be like, let's go investigate and see if church in Winfield, right? Like, yeah. that's not ideal. And uh, share share a little bit of, like, your headspace of when you realize that I'm not going to make it. I didn't, yeah. Um, so, surprisingly, um, in the immediate aftermath and all the way up till today, Chief, I'm, uh, I am not nearly as demoralized as I was last year. Um Obviously, I'm disappointed because there's such a big buildup to this race. Um, and it's, you know, it's just such a huge thing in your life, right? You anticipate it, you look forward to it, and then it gets there. And anything like that in anybody's life, when it doesn't go the way you envision it for the last 364 days, there's a massive disappointment. Um, and I definitely have that, but I am not demoralized by it. Um, I feel like I was there. I feel like I was in the fight. I feel like I had kind of the opportunity that I wanted to have, right, to make it to 62. Um, because in my mind, that's the breakthrough, and then I get home. And so I, I there were so many things that I feel really positive about. Um, I, you know, I, I know I got... I lost some discipline on my nutrition and salt as the day wore on. And as you get kind of, I don't want to say like sicker in your gut, but as you get less tolerant of even the thought of putting something in, I know I got less discipline on that. Um, which I, I hate that because I know better. I know cramping's an issue. Hasn't been in Colorado, but I know it's part of, you know, me trying to do these types of things. And so there's some disappointment that, you know, it's like, I had an issue that I know going into the race is a risk for me and I didn't handle it better. Um, but, but overall, um, I mean, I, I left Leadville this year knowing I can finish the race. When I left Leadville last year, I had genuine doubt as to whether I've even got it in me. See, so we're going back. Is that what you're telling me? I'm going back. (laughs) I'm, I'm, there. I'm going back. I, he's going back. I'm, I'm not leaving. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I have to finish the race. Um, 
Hell yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and every time you every time you do anything, you learn so much. Yeah. And I mean, there's... Are, look, you, I did, are you 100% on this? Yeah, I'm I'm going back, yeah. He's going back. I'm going back, 100%. Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I know, there, I mean, there were so many things this year that I did better. Um, but there were also a lot of corners that I cut, you know. Yeah. I mean, and, and I know... And I know that. And I think it's a, you know, it's kind of an unfortunate reality that, um, for me at least, this race happens to be hard enough that there's not many corners I can cut and still get it done. Have you told your wife you're going back yet? Dude, she's all in. Like, yeah. You're kidding? Yeah. She she loves it. She had. Why is this the first time I'm hearing this? I don't understand. Well, it's only three days after the race, man. Like, <laughs> it's only been oh seven hours. man. I, I'm still sore with blisters. So it's not like there's been a lot of time. I look at your race like... Uh, you I know, can't I, believe it. So you know. I, I look at the movie like 300 when she's like, you either come back with your shield or on, on it. it. And and you, you you did. You came back on your shield, man. Because you, you you collapsed on the course. You had you gave it at least all you had. Yeah, you know, and I, and I think that's part of why I'm not as disappointed, Chief, is because I, you know, last year I was having such an internal battle. Um, and, and, I, and I said this in the, you know, episode the other day before the race that, like, you know, there was almost part of me last year that even wondered if I wanted to make the Winfield cutoff because I knew that meant I had to turn around and kind of start this whole thing over again. Um and that's a really like when that's a really disappointing thing to come into your head, you know, yeah. unexpectedly. You're like, golly, that's that's not something I sort of thought I would get bombarded with. Um, and this year, like, it's it it wasn't that. It was I, I'm making Winfield. I have to make Winfield. Um, and and then even leaving Winfield, it was like, I don't know. I don't. This doesn't look good for me. But I'm going to give it a shot because you know who knows what happens. And that was a very different mind frame than I had the previous year. Um, you know, pretty similar result. I, I think, you know, I, I think I turned my watch off at 54 point something miles, um, which, by the way, is the furthest I've ever been, right? So, you know, consolation prize for that. But um, it, my mindset this year, um, I'm so much more satisfied with. I, you know, I feel like I was in the battle and, and I didn't cower to it. Um, and last year, you know, while I feel like I didn't, I know I had thoughts about it. And so to some degree, I must have. Right. Um, and so I'm I'm more satisfied with where I was at mentally during the race, even not having the, you know, the best day, not having an ideal day, um, which I think is probably silly to expect anyway. But I'm. I'm committed to finishing the race. Um, I know it's, I'm, I learned lessons the hard way. And so maybe it's not surprising that it's taking me repeated efforts because it's like, I try to do the minimum amount necessary to finish. And I think that's costing me. Right. And I think at some point you just have to realize that like, look for you, man, you got to go all in on it. Yeah. Um, and you can't just go all in on the race day. What I loved was, and I hated at the same time, but after we had gotten the phone call, because all the families were there, and everybody got super emotional. Like, because everybody was super invested. Your kids, Jeff's kids, sister, brother-in-law, and uh, we were like walking back with your kids, and 
Like I just told him, I said, this is what, this is why we do these things, guys. Hold your head up. Don't, don't be sad because we try to do these races to find our limits. I think I said, if we didn't, then we wouldn't be doing these things and says, you know, let's celebrate the fact that your dad has, he's progressed in who he is as a person and he's pushed his limits and now he knows who he is. He's going to come back to Leadville and a different person. And I also told somebody at the campsite, I was like, what I love about the hundred mile distance is you can't fake it. You can fake a half marathon. You might be able to fake a full marathon, but you are not faking a hundred miles. It yeah. will strip you down and expose every weakness that you have. And you, you, you just go from there. Like, can you finish or can you not? Because that, that especially Leadville, right? The hardest part of the race is 50, 40 to 60. Yeah. And so it's going to take your weaknesses and it's just going to strip them raw the whole time. And so that's what I love about the 100 mile distance. Kind of what you said, like, you're like, I'm going to train. I'm going to train enough to finish. And with Leadville, it's like, I don't know if that's enough, right? Is that enough? Or should I train 100%? To like try to yeah. be a big buckle guy and just hope I squeak in on a little buckle, you know, it's that's what Leadville is, man. It's and then that's why I think everybody loves Leadville, is because of Antoine, uh, Anton, the Led, uh, Trail Jesus. His little post I thought was really uh, uh, really cool because he said there's a lot more prestigious races, there's a lot more climbing races, there's more these this and that of races, but Leadville's special because it's raw. There's no, you don't have to qualify. It's just, it's just people, average people coming in and trying to do something extraordinary. And and I think that's why people draw that Leadville more than anything else. Man, the respect I have for the finishers of that race is, um, is monumental. Um, it's relentless. You know, the, the, it just never stops coming at you. Um, even, even the parts that are the easy parts. They're easy relative to what's coming next and what you just did. And it, it the course is relentless. Um, the race is relentless. And uh, and I I don't know I don't know what it is about it. Um, and I've you know, we've listened to a lot of people try to explain what it is about it. Nobody can really explain what it is about it, right? You just end up having to say, Well, I don't know, it's just Leadville. I, I and and that's kind of where I'm at is I don't know. I don't understand what the draw is to it for me. I don't. I, I hate running. I don't. I don't like running at all. Um, I don't enjoy it, any part of it. Um, but there's something like in my soul that says I have to finish the race. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. I was like, please, let's go back. Let's do this again. Let's let's group sign up. Let's let's all run it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do not share that sentiment. Uh, yeah. I'm, I am uh, surprised to hear that you want to go back. Um, I saw you coming into Winfield. Um, I said, good job, Jared. You got it. You, you didn't look. You didn't acknowledge. You seemed um, like you had a mission. And I had somebody with me that was getting ready to try to climb the backside of hope. And they said, you know that guy? And I said, that's my brother. And they said, this will be the coolest thing ever to do with my brother. And I said, I haven't seen him since five or six miles into the race. And they said, really? And I said, yeah, I've seen his family and I've heard where he is, but I haven't seen him till just now. And she said, well, 
what do you think he's going to do? And I said, well, I think he'll turn around and we might see him on the backside of this thing. So I, I never questioned whether or not Winfield was the end for you. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I listened to the preview of our podcast uh, because I was going to listen to the Pacer episode and just kind of digesting the race and passing time coming home and, and the beginning part um, where we talk about, you know, just whatever, whatever your heart dreams of, even if it's a hundred miles through the Rocky mountains, um, the part at the end where it says, you know, we're average, average dudes, just, you know, rejecting an average life. Um, it hit me driving home that, man, you're, you're not average. Just so you know, you're not average. There's nothing about this that's average. Chief, I do not understand how you finished 100 miles, but man, um, I put my best effort in on Saturday and didn't touch it. And I, the, the level of respect that I have for you, I can't explain. Um, Jared, I, I think it's in you for sure. Um, I just couldn't be happier rejecting my average life uh, than to do it with you guys. So I'm, I'm thrilled to hear you're going back. I am surprised. Um, I, I don't have a decision on that yet. Um, I'm, I'm glad to hear you speak about your race. And I just, I, I want you to know, dude, you're not average. Um, so, so do what you want to do. And uh, if 100 miles across the Rocky Mountains is it, dude, do it. Yeah. Um, so I... I I love your race recap. Um, it's raw and it's, it's not a perfect day. And I don't think it can be your, your statement of it can't be a perfect day at Leadville. Couldn't be more right <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And uh, the people that finished that, I, I think the last stat I read was 51% of people finished that race this year, which means so far, uh, if you just finish the race, you're not average. So I think you're chasing something that confirms you're not average. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to hear that from you. I, it's good to see you after a few days. I feel like we spent some time together and, uh, yeah, there's nobody else that I know of on a podcast sharing the fact that they didn't finish. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and, I, and I think, and I, and I'm not this making is our <laughs> annual did not finish episode. <laughs> Be sure to put we're, not the title. we're not pre-recording any of these for next year, right? Uh, but I, and I'm not making light of it. I, I think that it's special that nobody else is doing this. There's no other podcast that I know of that's you can tune in and like listen to somebody that didn't finish, right? Yeah. This is not something you want to share. It's not something that you want to talk about. It sucks. But like Jeff said, like you are exceptional for the fact that you towed the line. That mentality-wise takes a lot. For a lot of people, I run it. Majority, I see a lot. A majority of people are like, I don't even like to drive 100 miles. So to even toe the line, to be crazy enough to toe the line is something special. Yeah. And your grit and determination is what Leadville is. That is Leadville, right? Yeah. And so you towing it again and again and again, ref refusing to be defeated is Leadville. I agree. I agree. That's well said. Well, so. anybody who's listening... I'll be in Leadville next year. So come on. Come on. I could I could show you a lot of things. I have a I have a quick question that keeps jumping in my mind. 
how many crew were at Sheep Gulch? Because potentially that could be a strategic point. They were the only two people Man. that I saw coming or going. So I, I mean, are you feeling like maybe they were supposed to be there to help you get back? I will tell you, you know, now it's been three days and one of the hard things about kind of doing a race recap, recap and looking back on it is like everything that you, you know, want to talk about or think about sort of just feels like an excuse after the fact. Um, and so that's, you know, I don't know. I hate that. I hate to, cause I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make excuses about it. Um, but I will tell you in the moment, those guys being there, I like, I was overwhelmed with like, thank God. Um, because I had sort of mentally descended to a point where I was worried, you know, about like, what is, what do I do now? Um, and you know, whether, (laughs) you know, I mean, look, you're probably not thinking all that clearly, um, you know, 17 or 18 hours into, you know, anything. Um, and so I don't, I don't know kind of objectively what the reality was, but I can tell you that subjectively, um, I am very afraid to think about that guy not being behind me on the trail or him not having crew there. Um, I don't know. It's terrifying, man. We'll we'll leave it there. So you can find me at Savage Navy Chief, Ironman Lawyer, Jeff Boyer, 75, three okay runners and three okay runners at Gmail. We appreciate everybody that reached out to us during the race. For sure. Thank you guys so much. It's like, it's pretty incredible, the support and yeah. like the people who followed or, or commented on something on social media, the people who care. Um, it's it's not lost on us for sure. And we were talking before the podcast of how much of a boost it was for us to know that it, it wasn't for nothing. Like you guys are listening, you are recognizing and you're hearing our voice. You don't see us, but you recognize our voice, and which is we find extremely encouraging to keep going. So thank you very much. And, of course, you're going to find us next year at Leadville. So we'll see you there.